It is Monday, March 6th, 2023, and welcome to episode 190 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. Guys, we're 10 away from 200. That's so exciting. Um, We're here today with our regular crew, mm. myself, Je- <laughs> Jessica Jones, Deputy Executive Director at NSI, my boss, Jamil Jaffer, our founder and executive director, and Les Munson, just OG today. So today we are talking about Havana syndrome, a mysterious ailment that causes dizziness, headache, fatigue, nausea, anxiety. Wow, the list goes on to memory loss. Um, some cases, diplomats and intelligence officers have left active service duty due to complications from the condition. Um, so it's a really, a, a really serious condition that has been around for years now, um, but has made headlines again. Just last week, after a years-long assessment, uh, U.S. intelligence agencies uh, concluded that it's very unlikely that people experiencing symptoms were targeted and sickened by an, uh, an adversary nation state that was using kind of directed energy such as radio waves or ultrasonic beams to sicken people. The first cases, just for some background, of Havana syndrome emerged in the U.S. and Canadian pre- personnel who were stationed in Cuba in late 2016. Um, the State Department then reported potential cases in China. They even evacuated some State Depo- Department employees and their families and additional personnel in Russia, Poland, Georgia, Vietnam, India, France, um, and, and many other countries have also reportedly been affected. Um, a number of U.S. officials also stationed in Washington claimed to have been affected, including one who was reportedly struck while near the White House. So last week's report, interestingly, though, which came from the director of national intelligence um, conflicts with the 2021 review that came out in February of 2022 uh, by a panel of experts convened, but also by the IC, which found that some incidents of Havana syndrome were actually most likely caused by directed energy or acoustic devices. The symptoms couldn't be explained by other factors. Uh, so we've got two conflicting reports, actually numerous conflicting reports. Um, we've got, you know, a very serious medical conditions striking Americans. So, you know, as a first question, how serious and widespread are these reports? It's, it's been in the headlines. Um, it's an interesting story, just, you know, Havana syndrome. You know, how worried should American officials be in general? I'm going to jump into this, uh, Jones. I think there's, there's a really, uh, it's not necessarily a foreign policy topic, uh, but it is a U.S. government and public policy uh, issue that that we should be discussing because there's there's um, threads here that are related to other kind of conundrums we have in our public life uh, and so a couple of thoughts one the we we need to be mindful about the fact that there are real victims here there are folks uh, who have served their country abroad in difficult places who have been victims of this phenomenon uh, their their reports are very credible very specific. And uh, the most important thing is that they're getting what they need to kind of repair their their health and their careers and their lives and all of those things. And so I think as long as that is going on and we're debating the causes of it, that's to the good. Uh, and then and then kind of going to the, the causes here, I, I, I have no special insight into the medical or scientific nature here, but I'll, I'll comment on the kind of the way the government has been talking about this in public, both in the legislative branch and in the executive branch. And I think we just need to be, we, the, the American people and, and our folks who are serving in these sensitive positions, need to be a lot more careful about talking about issues like this, where it's clear we don't know the answer to the fundamental question of why is this happening. And both in both cases, the, the previous panel that said, look, this thing might be from... Uh, 
one of our adversaries, and then this new conclusion that it's not from one of our adversaries. Neither one of them is very definitive. This is very much a muddled answer. It's, it's clear to me that we've we've had very good folks looking into this, and they just haven't quite been able to figure it out because of a lack of evidence or a, perhaps a lack of resources or something. So I think our, our government, and whether it's the executive branch or the legislative branch, ought to be very careful about characterizing these things in a way that gives the American people the impression that something's being hidden. I don't think anything's re really being hidden, except maybe the fact that we just don't know the answer to the question. You look, I mean, I think I think you're right, Les, that um, that the the IC's way of describing the intelligence community's way of describing what they think about a given topic, this idea of their uh, their views likely, very unlikely, you know, and, and different levels, and then levels of confidence in those assessments. They have assessments and confidence levels. I mean, the combination of those things I think makes it hard to understand what exactly do they think. And then, of course, different agencies have different views, and so. This is a coordinated intelligence community, intelligence community wide assessment. So the, so the, the paper, the three page document describes different agencies views, different agencies assessments and different agencies levels of confidence in those assessments, which makes it impossible to figure out anything that's going on, right? But that being said, this is all a product of all the prior intelligence challenges that we've had, congressional reviews saying to intelligence agencies, tell us what you think, give us your perspective, tell us how confident you are in that assessment so we understand how you what you know what you really believe and how strongly you believe in that. So that's part of why we have this way of writing. And you're right that maybe policymakers should simplify it and maybe the White House should make it easier uh, for the American public to understand. But the problem is the more you simplify it, the harder it is to, you know, to really catch the nuance that's in here. You're right that that we don't have a real answer yet. Uh, but the problem is less we may never have an answer and people are demanding answers. The people who've been injured have been waiting years for the results. And so at some point, there has to be a, here's what we think. And the IC believes it's at the point where they are ready to say that. I tend to agree with Senator Rubio. I don't buy this, the idea that all these incidents have happened and there's no target at all. There's no, there's no basis for it at all. And it's, it's, it's random happenstance. That seems unlikely. Yeah, to Jamil's point, so I, I pulled up the report, the you know declassified report. It's three pages, one of which is just a definitional page, right? So it's a little a little bar chart, so you can see what unlikely means compared to likely and how far apart it is. It's really only two pages, and it's just really a reassertion of the findings. And so if I were to pull that up to read, I wouldn't get much information. I wouldn't be swayed one way or the other whether I found their findings credible, right? And so you also have you know the White House being asked about the report, um, and you have the press secretary, you know, telling Americans to just check refer back to the ODNI report, right? No answers, no more information, no whether they're satisfied or, you know, what the White House, you know, how credible they find the report. It's just, oh, go read the report. And asking the average American to go online and read an intelligence report when you've got some serious, you know, health conditions afflicting other Americans seems unreasonable. Yeah. And shame on the press secretary for saying that, because, uh, you know, it's first of all, folks don't even know what ODNI is. I think <laughs> even people who work in the U.S. government are still like, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. What the heck does that person do? Why do we have 18 different intelligence agencies? And why would you be mashing them all together in one report and act as if that's some sort of definitive thing that the average person could go read? Uh, it's it's like, you know, it's like saying, oh, you, you don't like that song? Go read the piece of music and then come back and tell us why you don't like it. Uh, and it's just kind of an absurd thing to say. And shame on the White House for for kind of laying that on the American people and the intelligence community. Like, like we need to do, we, the folks who are in those kinds of positions, need to do a better job of explaining things and be willing to take the hit. Hey, we just don't know the answer right now. Sorry, folks, I w we wish we did, and we're gonna keep working hard to get it, but we don't know the answer right now is, I think, probably the best thing to do, even though it's not really gonna satisfy anyone. 
Well, but I'm but I'm not sure less that is actually what the, what the what the White House or the ODNI thinks, the Office of Director of National Intelligence. I think they think the answer is it's not an adversary and it's not a directed energy weapon like the prior expert panel uh, report said it was. That's their point of view. I think they've conveyed that. That's I view. agree. I, I think whether I think or not we find it actually compelling and believe that is still open, Which right? Whether we believe it. I, I, I don't either, Jamil. So we got two hot takes that are don't believe it. Less. Are you just going to say you don't have enough inf- information to make a determination? I do not have enough information <laughs> to decide. I love it. So that's going to be really helpful to the American people <laughs> hearing that from the podium of the White House. I don't but know. It's anything. true. But it's ne- true. Next press we secretary. We don't know the answer. <laughs> we don't know the answer. Well, you guys just stay tuned to find out who is right. It might take a few years, but um, we'll get to the bottom of it. With that, that's a wrap. Uh, Thanks to Burke Agacon and Rachel Domino from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday for another great episode of Fault Lines, our podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.